0: Hi, I'm Steve Hayes, and I'm a pastor, and I'm a sinner, and I love stories. I love to hear people's stories. I love to hear how God has worked in their lives to help change them and make them who they are, and I think we all need to hear those kinds of stories. So I hope you'll enjoy it and listen along with This Is My Story.
1: (laughs) I'm Jeff Turner, and this is my story.
0: (laughs) Well, hello everybody. Welcome to This Is My Story. And uh, today we have a real treat. We have (laughs) Jeff Turner with us. Jeff is um, with the Navarro College Baptist Student Ministry. He is the director there, and uh, how long have you been there now, Jeff?
1: Well, I started in February, um, so almost a year, but yeah, it's been a weird year, COVID year.
0: Yeah, so you start at the BSM, and a month later, mm-hmm. we all have to flatten the curve, That's and everything right. gets shut down, and, yeah. and you probably didn't even get to meet any students
1: Yeah. I met a few uh, and I made such an impression they didn't come back. So so after spring break, nobody came back. And um, so yeah, it definitely uh, pivoted. You had a hard pivot. We didn't have really the technology set up previously to kind of capture our momentum online. Mm -hmm. So we made, made, you know, lemonade out of lemons as best we could. And then uh, just worked on getting a better foundation for this semester and, and this year. And, and it still went well. It still went, still went really well. It's been a good semester in spite of everything or through everything. It's still been really good. Um, just different, you yeah. know, and yeah. interesting. So,
0: Well, let's go back a little bit. We'll get yeah. back into the BSM later, but um, let's go back a little bit in your life. Um, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? I'm from Brownwood, Texas. Okay. So it's
1: like an hour south of Abilene. It's basically, if you put your finger right where you think the middle of Texas would be on a map, that's about where we are.
0: And there's a, isn't there a college there? There
1: is. Howard Payne. Howard yeah, Payne. It's, it's a lot like Corsicana. Yeah. Small town, county right. seat, small college, very rural, conservative, and a lot
0: like Corsicana, just yeah. West Texas. So you grow up there, go through high school there, mm-hmm. everything? Yeah.
1: Well, I moved around quite a bit, but I, I moved there in 2001. Okay. Which, uh, I remember it was like that was when the, the Twin Towers fell. So that's mm-hmm. how I kind of remember that. 7th grade. Two thousand one, and then graduated from there. Mm-hmm. Went to A and M after that. Okay. Yeah, and um, yeah.
0: When did you realize that you wanted a relationship with Jesus, and when did that become something yeah. that was real for you? Yeah. Uh,
1: well, for me, so my parents are Christians, are Christians, okay. um, and so we grew up in church, and my dad praying, mom and dad praying with us every night, and sharing. Um, Uh, sharing the gospel with us. And one, we were at at the time we were in Clifton, Texas, which is in Hill County, pretty close here actually. Um, And uh, we were in church and the pastor was talking about hell and I didn't get it. And so I asked my dad about it later and I said, what is this? You know, I knew Jesus and I knew all the the stories of the Bible, but I didn't understand what he was talking about with hell. And um, later that night, my dad led me to the Lord. Um, I was eight. Okay. So my testimony wasn't, um, I wasn't saved out of a gang or drug use or anything like that. Um, But, uh, I do think it was a genuine conversion because, uh, the conviction of sin was there. Um, the desire for repentance was there even in, in small ways as a child. And, um, and it wasn't until a few years later when I was like in, when I moved to Brownwood, you know, it was, the, that was my first year in Brownwood was seventh grade. So as a boy in Texas, that means football, you know? And so yeah. this was, you know, you're trying to, uh, you know, establish your place in the hierarchy of, of the locker room. And, um, and, and so we were playing football and I was a new kid there and uh, one, of the, one of the students was passing around some some pornography and, um, and uh, one kid said, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I'm, I'm a Christian. And I remember thinking, oh man, I'm a Christian. And yeah, he was 12 years old. I knew it was wrong, but mm-hmm. at the same time didn't understand why or how right. deceitful it can be. Um, and uh, I was like, okay. So later got to know that kid uh, pretty well. He invited me to his church. And that church became my church home, and my youth pastor is still there, and he's been there 30 years and uh, faithfully discipled me using those Howard Payne students. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, a lot of those guys I can still name today and and are have still have big influence on my life. And, um, uh, and so at 12, it was like, okay, so Christianity is more than just this one-time belief and this... Get out of hell free card it's uh it's a discipleship it's it's following and it's denying parts of yourself that feel good mm-hmm. and um that can feel good mm-hmm. um and so that's just when it took a turn for like commitment uh, yeah. and for me at 12 and uh that church was really faithful to invest in me and, and all of the students um and so yeah that was kind of that was kind of when it began
0: so that carry through into college? It did, yeah. I, I went to a few mission trips with
1: that church. Uh, it was mm-hmm. Coggin Avenue in and, and Brownwood. And um, uh, on one of those trips, it was Mexico. And um, we were just building uh, the roof for a, a church down there. Mm-hmm. And um, that's all we were doing all day, is just working hard in the heat of Mexico in the middle of the spring. And um, at the end of the day, though, we'd have worship services and evangelistic times. And at one of those... We were singing worship music in Spanish and English, and I'll never forget that feeling of smallness and Mm -hmm. just the profound, oh oh my goodness, this is way more than just me. This is way more than just America. This faith is for the world. It's for Mm -hmm. the nations, and I felt like the Lord at that time, not audibly obviously, um, and almost imperceptibly, but there was a seed there at that moment where it was just the Lord saying, hey, I want you to begin to work to cultivate worship in other languages. Mm. And then shortly thereafter, I read Let the Nations Be Glad by John Piper and Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. And it was like, all I was hearing was missions. And And about that time, one of the guys who was a Howard Payne student um, who invested in my life, Clayton Bullion, who now works for Texas Baptist, um, he was going to Jordan overseas as a missionary as a with the IMB. And um, I remember thinking, dude, why would you go to an Islamic country? And he was like, well, um, I know Jesus, and they don't, so I want to go tell them about him.
0: Mm-hmm. And it was just
1: that matter of fact. And um, mm-hmm. that's still how he talks. It's kind of funny. But um, <laughs> but that, that matter of fact of just Scripture is to be obeyed. Christ is to be followed and obeyed no matter the cost and uh, no matter the comfort level. And that impacted me as mm-hmm. a as 13-, a 14-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so all those things kind of um, – came together, kind of convalesced into this, this what God was doing in my life. And I remember talking to my youth pastor uh, and just saying, I think I'm called to ministry, but I'm not sure. And so I went to A&M with that and um, started studying <laughs> wildlife and fishery sciences okay. as an easy way to get to National Geographic to go overseas. Oh, cool. Uh, then realized quickly I hate biology and um, <laughs> couldn't do it. Uh, So I switched my my major to classical languages uh, just for the purpose of getting a head start on seminary. And um, love it, love it, love that. Good.
0: Yeah. So what I found um, is that people who are raised in church Mm -hmm. and raised in that culture of church oftentimes go through difficulty as they age. um, And they have, at some point, uh, they go through almost a resentment of church mm. and the church culture that they grew out of. Mm. Sounds like you had a very healthy church culture mm. that you grew out of. Yeah. Did you ever go through any of that resentment, any of that kind of the, the, the church that I came out of or yeah. the church overall? Um, I, I need to Kind of break away from that and get back to the core of what I believe.
1: Yeah, I I definitely hear what you're saying, and I've seen that as well in mm-hmm. friends. But I I didn't, and mm-hmm. I think part of that was because, uh, and and you know the tendency is when when people are raised in church, there's and they become to come to Christ in church and they're baptized at a young age. Mm-hmm. There's this feeling of well, my testimony is not dramatic, almost, and so that kind of creates this idea that I earned it, right. and so for me. <laughs> i i tended toward that i tended toward self-righteousness and pride and still have that um those seeds those those uh, tentacles in my life uh, mm-hmm. can be seen in all kinds of different ways but but for me every time i would come to scripture it was just so obvious like, um i'm a wretch i'm a failure i can't mm-hmm. do this like mm-hmm. sin is just a part of me and so that created this need uh, for community this need for grace and so for me it it produced uh a desire to be around people that would help me grow in holiness,
0: yeah. um, and and yet though yeah. the your experience mm-hmm. um, in ministry hasn't always been a good one. No, your experience no. with churches hasn't sure, always been not a good. Not at all. One. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So yeah. How, how have you? Mm-hmm. Do you still trust the church? Do you still?
1: Um, yes, okay. I do. Well, I do and I don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a great non-statement. Um,
0: so, me too, and I pastor one. I know. So hey. I, I feel that <laughs> tension, but I want to hear it from yeah. you. Yeah. So
1: so for me, I I, I trust um, Christ, the head of the church, Yeah. Uh, with everything. He yeah. has proven himself time and time again. He is faithful. I mean, he, Hebrews 13 says that Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. And you see that in Exodus 34, that he is um, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And that's repeated in John 1, um, where... Through the through the law, through Moses, we receive um, the law, but through Jesus, we receive grace and truth. And that's a direct mm-hmm. correlation of Exodus 4. And so what that's saying is that Jesus is good. Jesus mm-hmm. is trustworthy. Uh, the problem is, like I just said, we're, we're sinners. And in the church, self-righteousness can, can breed just like anywhere else um, because there's this sense that, oh, we've been made saints. We've been made holy, and therefore we've done something to have earned it but Mm. that's not the case and i think it was spurgeon who said i think who said um we bring nothing to salvation except for our need for it right um all we have done is produced a need for salvation to be granted um and and so uh so yes i trust jesus the church i i i trust the institution of the church uh, but i'm definitely wary of of um, leaders, I I, I think that's more me being a child of the culture I'm in and postmodernism and authenticity and the psychologized self, rather than my experience in church.
0: So I'm glad you brought that up because you are dealing with a generation in college students mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and emerging generations who uh, don't have much trust in the church. Yeah, uh, many of whom don't trust institutions at all at all yeah. um, and who are questioning the a lot of the foundational values mm-hmm. of Christianity yeah. and yeah. Um, and society in general mm-hmm. so how do you reach those how do you reach students mm-hmm. these days yeah. with with the truth of Jesus that is, the pure truth of Jesus, divorced from all of all of the trappings yeah. of religion that you and I have wrestled with?
1: Yeah. Well, um, I think the methods haven't changed. Okay. The gospel still has to be proclaimed. Romans 10 is still clear that faith comes through hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And, and so we still, as Christians, have to be faithful to share that message, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the problem today, not the problem, I think one of the problems today is that we— as a Christian society, can't really articulate the word of Christ. We can't articulate what is so good about the news we believe we believe in, and we that we come to hear. We can't articulate why it's good, and we and therefore we don't share it. Um, and I, th- I think so. I think for me, what I've noticed is that um, ethics and morality on campus, um, and this is this is from talking with students, this isn't just Mm -hmm. me just kind of walking around on campus. What I'm hearing is it's all aesthetic. It's all about feeling. And so I've tried to tailor my message, uh, the gospel, not my message, the gospel to how the gospel relates to what you're feeling. Students and my wife and I talk about this all the time. She's a high school art teacher. Mm-hmm. They don't under they have the feelings and they're told feelings are okay, but they cannot process them correctly or well. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm trying to do is is interject the mm-hmm. Christian message of the gospel into those feelings, uh, and that looks different um, in a lot of different ways. But I, I think it kind of goes back to okay, you have a creation story. You you were born something in your life you came from? Like, what was your foundational story? Where did that come from? Um, that's the creation story you have. And then, what went wrong? When do you when do you think you encountered some turmoil? Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of the fall of their life. And so, to every creation and fall, there's this need for redemption. Mm-hmm. And I think we all find our need for redemption solved in the person of Jesus. Um, and so, that ancient message, that, that first myth, that big story that we see is creation fall redemption um it's in genesis 1 genesis Mm -hmm. 3 and then jesus and and so tracing that and helping them see that you're this isn't anything new to the human condition uh we just have talked about it differently Mm -hmm. and um and ethically live it out differently because of the culture we live in but it's still the same the message is still just as necessary and even more beautiful i would think honestly um because of our ability to understand our feelings.
0: Have you seen that beginning to take root with some students? With some,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. You know, it's not going to be everybody right right, right. away, and right. and even you know studies have shown today that there's five thresholds that um, the millennials and Gen Z need to cross in order to come to Christ. Okay. That first threshold is just trusting a believer, trusting a Christian. Do you even know somebody that's trustworthy in your life? Mm-hmm. That's a big one, and I'm doing a lot of that. Especially because there's a there's a big population of people who identify as homosexual on campus, mm-hmm. so their trust is going to be much more wary, and much more tenuous at best, and um, and so because, I'm doing a lot of that
0: because they think Christian people naturally yeah. do not like them or approve of them.
1: Yeah, and and, and but what you, what you said there is approve of them. Yeah, and and that's the message they're hearing um, because identity and sexuality has been so conflated. Um, and because the church has done a really poor job of articulating this message. And, and,
0: of, and of loving people of, who are yeah, struggling through right. various different things. Yeah, like
1: actually being the hands and feet in love. Yeah, you're exactly yeah. right. Uh, and so that's a big one I'm doing, that first threshold. Then the next one is just being open to the idea of, of coming. or being curious. And the next one is being open to so, so
0: trusting a Christian. Trusting a Christian. Being open to the message? Yes,
1: and then being curious to that message. It's like saying, okay, maybe this has some validity to it. Okay. Let me actually seek out some more truth in this. Right. And then that next one would be um, actually crossing the threshold of unbelief to faith in Christ. Okay. Um, so this is the five thresholds they have to cross. So I'm doing a lot of that. And so I'm meeting students on all different spectrums of that. Um, and there's the students that I'm seeing who have been like curious when we present it in the way... That hey, this story relates to everyone. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of reception to it, and I've even told (laughs) as hard as it sounds, it's not impossible to do to share the faith that you have in Jesus in the Mm -hmm. gospel and look somebody in the eye and say, I I do think that you calling yourself a homosexual is wrong. Um, but my sexual sin is wrong. Mm -hmm. I think that's where we've gotten a lot of it wrong, and that's where the like. That disconnect comes from with our culture and the church is because we don't say my sin is also makes me in need of a savior, and I still go to Jesus every day the gospel saves us and sustains us that's first corinthians fifteen and mm-hmm. um, and so I've been able to look people in the eye and and tell them these truths, but with love and say i'm telling you this because I needed to hear it once right and they receive it differently in that way yeah I think um,
0: what, you know Tim Keller talks about homosexuality in the sense of um that it's it's not God's plan for human flourishing right. is the way that He right. puts yeah, it, yeah. and and yet, um, and so in that sense, it it is it's not what God had in mind mm-hmm. for uh, the flourishing of, of humanity, um, but it's no it's no more wrong That's right. than um, than sometimes my desire to, mm-hmm. to look at another woman mm-hmm. um, with lust in my heart yeah. or. Um, uh, various, any other things, yeah, and so, uh, yeah, I agree with you. the 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 tendency in the Christian faith is to, um, you're wrong and you're yeah. bad, and y- you yeah. better change, yeah, um, as though I'm not wrong right. and bad and I don't need to change, right, right, and so you yeah. know, uh, placing ourselves on equal footing, right, exactly with with people is important and yeah. realizing that my sin mm-hmm. is just as bad as your sin. Yeah. And I'm not telling you these things to, to call you out mm-hmm. or to not accept you or to not yeah. love you. This is not an excuse for me to keep you at an arm's distance. Right. This is simply um, us, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully through the through the the grace of God yeah. and the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives overcoming mm-hmm. the, the the sin that so easily entangles yep. us yeah. and moving into yeah. um, a true walk with Christ. Yeah,
1: and I think that that's what I've tried to do. Like, I love that you said human flourishing because I think people are looking for that. I think mm-hmm. They've looked to that for, throughout history, yeah. but I think even more so now, the problem is they're just looking inward. Yes. And the Bible says that the heart is deceitful and evil. Yes. looking inward is only going to lead to more confusion and mistrust because mm-hmm. nobody is an island everybody is in community with someone yeah. and so even to look inward what we see now in culture is that we still desire recognition for what right. we're perceiving as our inward being and so we still need recognition from others which is why there's such a thing as hate speech and, and all this and um, and so what we've, what I've been trying to do is present this as human flourishing, but it's a different way of flourishing. And you see human flourishing in one of the most clear spots, I think, is in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew mm-hmm. 5, 6, and 7, and the Beatitudes where it says blessed or happy. And that's, like, that's Jewish wisdom literature talking about how do we flourish as humans? Well, happy, flourishing is the one who is meek. Flourishing mm. is the one who is poor in spirit. Mm. That's, you're never going to look inward and say, let me be poor, let me be meek and flourish.
0: I think we should make a a change here in the way that we we talk cuz you know you ask people how you doing and they say i'm blessed <laughs> i think we should say i'm flourishing i'm flourishing <laughs> i'm flourished
1: that would be very new age right <laughs> very mystical yeah i'm flourishing but
0: uh, go into that a little bit more yeah. the, this whole idea of human flourishing cuz when i think of it in terms of sexuality mm-hmm. i'm just thinking about the basic biology of it yeah um sure you know right. uh, human flourishing to me looks like uh, procreation Absolutely. it looks like yeah. um, the 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 bearing of children who then can go on and and you know uh, move society forward mm-hmm. uh, the the emerging generations mm-hmm. that come out of a heterosexual bond yeah um, if uh, that's what I mean by by human Absolutely. flourishing yeah yeah and so it's not that, because I know some people might listen to this and say, well, if somebody loves someone, how mm-hmm. can that not be flourishing sure. to them? Um, and so what uh, what, I, what I mean by that is kind of the simple biology of it, that mm-hmm. we were made sure. to flourish and, and fill yeah. the earth and, and do these types yeah, of things. Yeah, that's
1: that mandate in Genesis 1, absolutely. Yeah. I think that mandate's still the same in Matthew 28. That's... The issue is that Genesis 3 happened, the fall. Right. And so that mandate to procreate and fill the earth for the glory of the Lord has been distorted because we've set ourselves in the same plane as the Lord. Yeah. And so that's when we need a Savior to come make us right with the Lord so that we can then fill the earth with people who rightly put Him above ourselves. Mm-hmm. But it's the same mandate in Genesis 1 as it is in Matthew 28 to make disciples of all nations, mm-hmm. to fill the earth and and actually rule and dominion in a way that glorifies god And us as as vice regents underneath this god as as, ambassadors yeah exactly reconciliation exactly yes and and but we've we've just kind of we flipped it i mean Mm -hmm. it goes back to Genesis three flipped it we've put ourselves on the plane of god and nowadays the culture we find ourselves in isn't that much different from the second century Uh, so it's not unprecedented but at the same time Mm -hmm. it's new it's not Mm -hmm. the modern culture our parents and grandparents grew up in. It's not the moral majority of the 70s and 80s. It's a new culture that says, I can't tell you how to flourish because only you can by looking inward. And so that is going to just be this real tension and even me approaching you about how I think you ought to flourish.
0: Yes. Um,
1: but we've, we've taken this world and looked at it in a different way.
0: And, and we are saying, for you <clears throat> and for me, indwelling sin never causes mm-hmm. you to flourish.
1: Right, right.
0: It may cause you to feel good, mm-hmm. but it will never cause you and the world to truly flourish. No, no. It will ultimately yeah. um, leave you in bondage.
1: Yeah, because I think life comes from the Lord. Yeah. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It's not like he provides life. He mm-hmm. is life. Right. We were made in communion with God because that is life. Right. And so, like, literally when we get kicked out of the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3— like that sep- that that life is now apart from us like there's mm-hmm. it's this chasm that we have to cross somehow right. so me looking inward is not going to do it. it because when we look inward we're aware of ourselves you see that Adam and Eve hiding right and Jesus saying no I'm going to come find you right. in the midst of our hiding right it, it which it's just a beautiful picture of grace that we need so badly but mm-hmm. for some reason it sounds antithetical to Human flourishing when people when we mm-hmm. say it in this culture, but it's not.
0: Um, well, it's upside down.
1: It's upside down for sure. It is.
0: I mean, um, it's it's counterintuitive to how we want to live. And I say this a lot to people that um, you know part of part of our role as parents mm-hmm. to our children is especially when they're young, but really all through their lives. Part of our role is to um, get them to do things that don't come naturally to them. Yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Eat your vegetables. Yeah. Brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. Yeah. Do your homework. Right. That, those things don't come naturally to them. They don't make them feel good. No. They but they are essential for their flourishing. Right. And um, we believe the same thing to be true spiritually. Yeah. That yeah. There there are um, certain things that are essential to our flourishing. Yeah. And there are certain things that are destructive to our flourishing. Sure. They, they may feel good. They yeah. may be things that we think are, are are great they may be what everything on the inside is telling us to do yeah and they may still be net negatives right. for us right uh, in the whole scheme of eternity yeah and that's a hard message to communicate though because mm. I think what we have found difficult as the church and as Christians mm-hmm. is to communicate that message without um, without denying the personhood yeah denying the identity right of people who are going through very, what to them are very natural yeah. tendencies. Right. And so, Absolutely. you know, telling yeah. someone, hey, this natural mm-hmm. tendency of who you are that you've had to hide, that you've had pain mm-hmm. dealing with, that you have not felt comfortable to share, mm-hmm. that you've been suicidal about. Yeah, um, th- That's, you know that's not right, no. and you're not right. Yeah, And I think that's what's been communicated sure. from the church in sure. large part, and that's not right.
1: No, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think also it's the, how we define sin. Like, so one of the ways we define sin is it's missing the mark. Mm-hmm. Well, And I like to think of it in, in, in archery. If you do something just a little wrong and you're, you, it makes you just miss that mark a little bit, you're off the mark. Yep. Well, the further away the target is, the further off that trajectory is going to be Mm -hmm. and the chasm between us and god is so great that even just the smallest tendency off is going to lead us astray Mm -hmm. and um and that's my sin that's my sin not anybody else's sin my sin Mm -hmm. um and, and so for me i've got to i've got to deny my own tendencies daily to honor the lord um but at the same time god's gracious Yes. He's so loving. Yes. And he provides this this thing, like you were talking about earlier, this called the church that offers community so that when I am denying parts of myself that hurt, that feel natural, I have an, a community around me that says, "Hey, I this is for your good. I know it hurts. Mm-hmm. I know it's not comfortable, but it's for your good." And the church ought to be that community for every person yeah. dealing with every sin under the sun.
0: Absolutely. And for a
1: while we haven't been
0: with, especially with homosexuality. Or. Um, yeah, we've had a tendency to pick and choose. We
1: have. That, that's right. That's exactly right. And um, and so so. We'll,
0: we'll love you if you're divorced. Yeah. Even we, though the Bible speaks right. very clearly that God right, does right. not yeah approve of divorce, we'll love yeah. you and we'll treat you the same, and we'll, we'll yeah. remarry you and everything yeah, else. Yeah. But if you're if you're gay. Or if you're same sex attracted, we're going to break fellowship with right, you right. completely. We're going right. to we're going to not be loving yeah. in your direction. We're going to preach against you. Yeah, uh, you know it, we have had a tendency to pick and choose. Yeah,
1: so. and so what, one of the things that we've been trying to do at the BSM is is create a community where people know that they're going to be loved. Mm-hmm. We, we'll still tell you if we disagree with you, but that yeah. doesn't mean we can't love you and we can't yeah. hang out with you. Yeah. Um, and the church, I think um, I think y'all have done a great job of that here at Grace as well. Um, it's not easy to we do. We haven't. We
0: haven't. You well, know, I mean, yeah. we, uh, you yeah. know, we haven't done it perfectly. Well,
1: I wasn't going to sure. say that to your face, but if you'll admit it. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: No. No, I don't. Yeah. I, what i've seen has been y'all Y'all done a good job of creating community well, you've only
0: uh, been here since february
1: well look man if you want to keep you qualifying my compliments of your church that's fine <laughs>
0: <laughs> no uh, so let's get back to the real yeah, issue at yeah. one point in your life you were a pool technician pool <laughs> is that the right term a, yeah, a, a pool, pool
1: technician pool, pool boys that's boy. what we like to go by <laughs> Pool boy,
0: <laughs> which meant which meant what that you would go and clean pools and get, make sure the chemicals were right and yeah, yeah. jump into the pools and yes
1: accidentally fall in in the summer yes, a few times yeah really fall in in uh, in uh, February on accident sometimes but yeah. um, no, we would uh, yeah just clean pools in in college to to pay bills
0: what's um, the what's the grossest pool that you've oh, ever cleaned oh my gosh dude. I'm th- I think of like the dirty jobs show. Yeah. 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 I think for, people oh, think sure. being a pool guy would be like kind of yeah. almost glamorous. No, Some
1: of those were really, really rough. We'd have turnaround jobs that people yeah. would, like realtors would take over a foreclosed oh, for yeah, house yeah, or yeah. something. And they'd come to us and say, hey, can y'all turn this around? And I just disgustingly sewer like looking pools. Like frogs dead animals, and snakes and stuff. Dead in animals them. in them. Yeah. Dead, dead squirrels. animals. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was rough. Dude. Yeah. Um, did that um
0: so what you you have to get in there and and yeah get all that you, stuff because you can't yeah. just pump that stuff out of it
1: yeah you there's it's a process that yeah. i'm sure nobody wants to listen to but no they um, want to people want to know <laughs> yeah no but um yeah that was that paid bills though um yeah and uh it did his job, but I, I met my wife in college. Um, uh-huh. through she was from Tampa,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I took a semester off to go overseas. And okay, um, and while I was overseas, on my team was this girl from Tampa.
0: And so, and this is when you, you took time off from cleaning pools
1: to, from college, okay. but Yes, also cleaning this pools. was during yeah, the pool I didn't cleaning just clean days,
0: pools, Steve. Okay, I mean, all right, um, I'm just let's. let's I correctly, mean, I th- I'm not minimizing it. it. It's an important job. I can
1: tell. I can tell you. You're looking down at me. Oh no no no
0: no. no it's um, not best for human flourishing. Right? <laughs> cool. <queen. laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, Sorry.
1: But no. So we we went overseas and served overseas in Africa for a semester. And while we were there, I was like, oh, I kind of like this girl. And um, we dated long distance when we got back. And mm-hmm. uh, got married about a year later. And um, and then we went to New Orleans for seminary. Okay. Yeah. And um, yeah, but no. now we have two beautiful girls. And my wife's amazing and um, super helpful.
0: Favorite place to eat in New Orleans?
1: Okay. It's not your typical place in New Orleans. I think we've talked about this. Because this
0: is what you do in New Orleans. This you is what eat, you do. You do other things you live to that eat, we won't talk about. You eat. About. You yeah. eat.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this place that's a Colombian place. My wife's Colombian. It's called Maís Adepas. It is incredible. I mean, they're wow. doing it right. They're trying to...
0: You're Colombian food it. in New Orleans.
1: Oh, man, and it is so good. It's Does it have, a like, path. a
0: Cajun twist? No, it's Colombian so it's food. it's just straight food. But Colombian it is
1: high-quality Colombian food. Where is it? Uh, I can't remember the street name now. It's been six or seven years since I've been there. But um, it's right off, of, right across um, uh, I-10 from the mm-hmm. quarter and from the warehouse okay. district. Okay. So you cross yeah. over kind of toward Chapatulas. So good. Okay. Um, but uh, another one that we like to eat at was... Um, I worked for a company called Ralph Brennan Restaurant Company. Okay. And um, they had a few, and there was a few we liked to eat at there. Redfish Grill and the Quarter is really good. Um, mm-hmm. Ralph's on the Park is really good. Those are.
0: Can you weird. spell Chopatulas? T C
1: H O U. Uh huh. P I T O U L A S. Maybe. Sounds good to me. I don't It's close. Like, something like that.
0: It's pretty good. I don't know. It's a, a lot weird, of tough though. ones to spell. Yeah, no
1: right. kidding. No kidding.
0: Dude, we are so happy that you're with the BSN and um, so thankful that you've come in here. Uh, you got your work cut out for you for sure, yeah. but I, I'm really, really excited about the ministry that God's given you there yeah. and the friendship that we're building. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a good thing. It's been so, awesome, yeah. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah. Thanks for getting into the weeds with me. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and yeah. yeah, I appreciate it.
1: One you. day I'm going to hear your story with steve hayes on this podcast
0: well it's kind of weird like this is my story with steve hayes yeah. and this is steve Hayes' story on this is my story with steve hayes it's meta. It just feels a little yeah arrogant mm.
1: well but i'm sharing my story is that arrogant
0: yes <laughs> just kidding
1: <laughs> okay
0: i'm over to that possibility. no it's not arrogant yeah. But it just, I don't well, know.
1: Well, one day we will, and I'll come moderate it because I want to hear your story. I've, okay. got, I've got questions. It's, it's a long,
0: easy. arduous story. Well, I'm sure it's, it involves
1: paint chips as a child.
0: I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure people want to hear this, really. But, yeah, we'll go there sometime. All
1: right. Sounds we'll good, go man. There. Well, I appreciate it, though. Thank you. Yeah,
0: love you, and man. thank you
1: for grace, man. Y'all have been a great church. Open your arms to my family and the BSM and been very helpful. So I, I really appreciate it.
0: Um, yeah. Glad to have you. Yeah. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe. And if you'd like to spread the word, please consider leaving a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Our video podcast is available on our Grace Community Church YouTube channel. This is My Story is produced and engineered by Jake Moore and is a ministry of Grace Community Church in Corsicana, Texas. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the speaker and do not necessarily express the views of Grace Community Church. Thanks for listening.